We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome. It is Bowerly, News Radio 930 WBEN. And uh, the first hour of the program, we spoke with an amazing young man, um, Jay. (laughs) Jay Withy. Uh, 27 years old from Kenmore, who broke into Pine Ridge School, saved 24 souls. Chictawaga police are going to be obviously giving him some kind of commendation, and I hope that you'll recommend him for the Carnegie Hero Award. I put the link to that site on the Bowerly on WBEN Facebook page. Hey, if you've got a story about a hero that you experienced, please, by all means, call in. What did you learn? From the blizzard of 22. What, what what did you learn from the blizzard that you might do differently next time? I, I'm curious about that. Is there a hero that saved your bacon? And uh, don't be mad at me if I don't mention something that I don't know about. And the way I know about things is you guys call in and tell me. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. D in uh, Buffalo, you are on WBEN. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Um, this is a teachable moment to have your pantry stocked throughout the year. Don't wait until an emergency to go panic shopping. Start right now. Grab an extra box of cereal, pasta, you know, non-perishables, things that won't spoil, canned goods, canned tuna, Powdered milk, drink mixes, uh, iced tea, thing, just non-perishables, things that won't go bad when you shop throughout the year. So then you're, you're, you're all set. You, you have a stash when, when, when this happens. I mean, it's not ideal to eat cold ravioli in a storm, but I bet a lot of people would have been very happy to have a cold can of ravioli last week. You better, you better believe it, including some here at this radio station. So that's, that's, that is uh, my contribution. Start, All right. Stop now. Stock a pantry. Um, you know, it's funny because I, I never worry about mom in these situations because she's got what we used to call a fruit cellar in the basement. And I think she's got enough canned goods down there to last uh, pretty much until the next millennium. Coffee, tea, hot cocoa, all of those things. Start now. Okay, very good. Uh, thank you, D. All right. Um, I don't know how many of you have that. Um I don't know how many of you have a well-stocked pantry, but um, MREs would not be a bad investment. They last for years. They're reasonably priced, and frankly, they don't taste bad. Depends on what you get and what your own individual tastes are, but that's what we're getting at the radio station. Uh, I recommended air mattresses, pillows, blankets, and tequila. Here's Jeff in South Buffalo. You're on WBEN for medicinal purposes. Jeff, you're on WBEN. Welcome. Welcome. Sorry, thank you. How are you doing? Great, thanks. What can I do for you, sir? Uh, I guess I was calling uh, about stories from uh, the blizzard. I was both a rescuee and a rescuer, so uh, oh, you guys did... are looking for stories? Absolutely. Well, how did this happen that you were both a rescuee and a rescuer? 
All right. Well, I'm an Uber driver, so I was out Ubering, and I was out in my uh, Chevy Cruze with my snow tires, and I know what my car can handle. I knew my car can handle it, and I'd say about 2 p.m., even though my tires could handle it and my car could, I just, the visibility is, I delivered pieces for 12 years. I've driven in White House blizzards, driving vans, uh, you name it, I've driven. Like, that was the first time in my life I'm like, I need to get home because I've never seen nothing like it. So I was uh, down in uh, Maine near between Ferry and Delavan on the east side, and I had to get home to South Buffalo. And so I caught an Uber ride, you know, on the way, headed my direction. And after I dropped them off in Lovejoy, um, I tried to shoot down to William, down like Gold or one of those side streets over there. Hit William, turn left, and I couldn't get underneath the Ogden Street Bridge because there was like seven cars stranded on I mean, I can't tell how many because I couldn't see, but... Right. I saw at least four cars right in front of me. Uh, so I turned around to go down William uh, to pass under the Bailey underpass and couldn't get under that because there was a ton of cars over there. And I couldn't go down William because a fire truck was blocking the intersection trying to help the cars under the bridge. So I ended up pulling into the Tim Hortons parking lot at the corner. I was going to go around the building, out the exit on Bailey and shoot down Bailey, cut back through Lovejoy, you know, try to find a different route home. I couldn't go around the building because there was a four-wheeler drive SUV stuck sideways in the entrance exit of Tim Hortons at Bailey. So I turned around to go back out the entrance I pulled in, and after I pulled in, another car pulled in behind me, and they got stuck. So literally both my exits were blocked off, even though I had good tires. I couldn't get out of the parking lot because I had vehicles block me. So I got stranded at Tim Hortons for seven hours. I I made one attempt at walking home. I made it to about the bridge, that underpass bridge, maybe 50 feet past it, and I turned around. I'm like, I can't do this. You're not, you're not getting to South Buffalo. No, no, definitely not. So after seven hours, my uh, 21-year-old neighbor, his name's Noah Black, he saw that I was stranded, and he reached out to me. He's like, you know, do you want me to come pick you up on your snowmobile? And I'm like, uh, have you ever ridden one? And he's like, no. I'm like, that's probably not a good idea. So I'm uh, like, if you want to try to pick me up in my truck, Got four wheel drive and good snow tires on that thing. I'm I'm not telling you yes. I'm not telling you no. It's you know hop in my truck and if it's too much for you, just stop. Just turn around. You know I don't want you to get stranded trying to rescue me. You know. So it took him about a little over an hour to make a, what would have been a four minute drive, and he couldn't get past Dingens. Obviously, it took so long because of visibility and all the vehicles. Right. Right. So he got to Dingens. That's as far as he could get because there was a semi-truck, a plow truck, all kinds of vehicles stuck in that intersection. Um, so I actually had to walk from Tim Hortons to Dingens, and that was probably the longest, scariest walk I've ever had to make. And I mean, once I hit the entrance to – first I started walking up the train embankment. Uh, I couldn't even find the road. So I, twice I walked up the train embankment before I realized I wasn't even on the road because I was trying to judge where the road was based on where the cars were stuck. Cars weren't even stuck on the road, so I didn't even know where I was. And I got to the uh, UPS entrance, and literally, I don't know, I'm trying to, like, a vertigo or delusional. Like, I don't know what word I want to use. Disoriented. Disoriented. That's the exact word I was looking for. I literally got disoriented. I I wasn't cold. I wasn't fatigued. It was the visibility of being able to see two or three inches in front of you, putting your hand over your eyes, trying to see because the winds were blowing so bad. And I started walking in circles, like looking at, trying to look at the streetlights, the lights to the entrance, the UPS. I'm like, all right, I think I got to walk this way, but I can't. I really can't tell which way to walk. And it, I'm like, this is this is probably how I'm going to die. Like I I don't know where I'm going. And 
I just took the direction, started walking. And I said, I didn't know if the streetlight should be on my left side or my right side because I didn't know what side of the road they were on. So I didn't know what side I'd like to walk on. And once I saw that bus garage next to UPS, that's the first time I'm like, okay, I know where I'm at. I'm walking the right way. I'm safe. So then I got to uh, I got to that bar, and I hid behind the building so I could block the wind, and I called my called my neighbor. I'm like, where are you? You know, he's like, I'm on, I'm on the other side of the light. So I started walking them. I couldn't find them. So I actually had to hop in some lady's SUV. I'm like, can I warm up for a second and call my, you know, call my neighbor? So I'm like, you know, okay, there's a plow truck right here. There's a light, a plow truck, and a white SUV. Where are you compared to them? He's like, right behind the white SUV. So I was walking. I, I couldn't find him. So he actually turned around and was facing the other way. So I'm thinking he's on the right side of the road facing me. So I'm walking, looking for him. I'm like, I can't find my truck. He had turned around, and he was on the other side of the street. So I almost walked past my truck, which was basically right next to me. So I just happened to be lucky and caught his uh, hazards. And so he, he technically saved me, but on our way home, his entrance that he took to get to me had gotten blocked off after he had made it through it. So we couldn't get home now. We couldn't get past the 190 underpass on Bailey. No, oh, no. Because that was completely blocked off. So I'm like, okay, four-wheel drive, good snow tires. We got two cho- three choices. Park the truck and walk home. Try to plow through this snow drift possibly get stuck and walk home or turn around, try to take another way, possibly get stuck even further away and have a longer walk home. So we're like, let's just plow through the snowbank. I mean, at worst case scenario, we got about a mile walk. There's three of us walking together. So, I mean, we should be safe, you know, together. We get stuck plowing through the snowbank. So then we're starting for another seven or another two hours. A guy on a plow truck, his name was Mike. I, don't, I didn't catch his last name. He was out from uh, Lancaster trying to rescue his buddy on William. And he couldn't get past us because we had a fire truck. Like, there was, like, five of us blocking off Bailey completely. So I'm like, can you drop your plow and try to clear some of this drift for us? So he did, and he got stuck. Oh. So I, oh, geez. So we had to help him shovel out. Once he shoveled out, we're like, you know what? You know, can you give us a ride home? And luckily, he was a great Samaritan, you know, some 40-year-old. I, like I said, I wish I knew his last name to give him some credit. But he gave us a ride home, and... He gets stuck in front of my house. So I'm like, all right, dude, like, you're not going anywhere. Don't even try because right now you're in front of a house with heat, electricity, food. Dude, just come spend the night. Just spend the night. And he was, he didn't want to. He was determined to rescue his friend. I'm like, please, dude, just don't. Well, he ended up getting a flat tire, so now he couldn't rescue his friend. So he spent the night at my house. And then in the morning, his tire was completely off the rim. So we got no tire machine. You know, we can't get, his battery was dead. Luckily, I race cars for a living, so when you're out on the track and you don't have a tire machine, you know how to get a tire on the rim. So spray that thing with, you know, torch the, I torched the rim to get all the ice off of it so that we could seal the bead, you know, of the tire. Spray that thing with starting fluid, blew it up, blew the tire right on the rim, filled it up. But then his battery was dead. So oh. luckily, uh, my neighbor across the street, we got her keys. We got in her vehicle. We ran two sets of jumper cables because one wasn't long enough. Got his truck started, and then... Uh, he took me, he plowed out my truck, finally got my truck out, and then the rest of the weekend, me and uh, me and my neighbor Noah Black, 21-year-old, great kid, we spent the rest of the weekend doing rescues. So we were part of that Joey rescue. Right. I you know, brought another lady without electricity that couldn't power oxygen machine that was starting to, like, uh, faint and get delusional. He got her DCMC. How, how did you do that? Uh, how, what, what vehicle did you use to do that? An 04 Dodge Ram with Dirt Trek Wranglers. 
<laughs> wow. It, it got to, it got through ninety percent of everything. We got stuck a few times, but we didn't get stuck to the point where me and Noah couldn't get out and shovel a little bit of snow to get free. What 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 an I mean, amazing we were, what I, you know I just I I, I, I got to go to traffic, man. But uh, hold hold on if uh, if you would uh, talking with Jeff in South Buffalo, and I wonder is there anybody else like this young man? Is there anybody else who trying to walk or drive or wait? That you thought you were going to die. You literally said to yourself, this is the day I'm going to die. This is how I'm going to die. I wonder. It has to be a very common thing. It was very, very, very scary. I shall be off tomorrow. I shall be off tomorrow. Is Pasquale doing uh, 7 o'clock tonight? No? We don't know? All right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll get that information. You know who? You know who to text, Josh. <laughs> get get us all squared away on that. Here is uh, Jeff in uh, South Buffalo telling us the story of uh, trying to get home from the east side to South Buffalo, makes it home, and then he becomes a rescuer using that uh, decked-out, tricked-out truck. <laughs> it's a winter beater. It's a winter beater. Don't give it credit. Well, hey, uh, I, I got to say that that's amazing. So you were a rescuer. You were a rescuee. And at any point, did you begin to have that feeling of panic when you when you were disoriented? That part of the story. No, like I said uh, that the most disoriented feeling I felt was walking from William and Bailey to Dingens and Bailey. That was probably the only part where I'm like, I'm going to die like this. That's the only time <laughs> I thought that through the whole weekend. It's horrifying. Oh. What did, what did you learn from all of this? What did you learn? All right, the, what I learned, like I said, I, I do. I got to say it again, 12 years of delivering pizzas, five years of Ubering, 17 years of driving and these winners, like having to drive. And um, I always, I know, I know a lot of tires. I, I always get the best tires I could get. Like I said, Blizzx on my car, Duratrack on my truck. I'm prepared for any type of driving conditions. When it comes to the wind, what I learned through this, when it comes to the wind, it's, it's a completely different ballgame. It's not about your vehicle. It's not about your tires. Literally, when you can't see where you're going, it's, it's a different animal out there. And next time something like this happens, when we get nasty winds with snow, I'm actually going to park it next time. Like that, that is the only advice I could give to people. Don't get that ego. I got tires. I, I know how to drive. It's trust me. I know how to drive and I got good tires and it is not about that one bit. Amen. Just, Amen. Okay. Then you got to worry about the people in your way who don't have the snow tires and don't have the vehicle that can handle the storm. Um, thank you, Jeff. That was a really compelling story, brother. Thanks for the people you saved too, huh? Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you. Uh, wow. If if you were a hero, if you were rescued by a hero, if you thought at any point during the blizzard, I'm going to die like this, um, I, I would love your phone calls on WBEN. We started off uh, today talking to a young man from Kenmore who saved 24 people, 24 people who otherwise, in my opinion, would likely have died. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
All right, welcome. It is uh, Bowerly, News Radio 930 WBEN, continuing coverage of the blizzard of 22. And if you were saved by somebody, if you were a rescuer for somebody, uh, by all means, uh, give us a buzz. Also, what did you learn from the storm? What did you learn from this? And is there anybody out there who literally thought that during the blizzard, it would be your last day on this planet? Um, Because I've heard that from a few people now on this radio station. And no, I have no idea where public radio in Buffalo was during the blizzard. Um, That's not really my concern. Uh, My concern is focused here on News Radio 930 WBEN and the dedicated professionals who were on with you from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and continuing into this week. So as to uh, Buffalo's taxpayer-funded radio station, I have no idea why they were MIA and frankly, I don't care because we were here and uh, we did everything we could do. Let's go to Kathy on WBEN. Kathy in East Aurora, you are on. Hello. Hi, how you doing? Hello, Kathy. Hello. What can we do for you? So my, all right, my story is Christmas Day. Uh, my son, my son Dean Buonamici, uh, loaded up his sled his snowmobile, got a hold of his two buddies, Joe and Vinny. They came over, loaded his snowmobile onto their truck, and he loaded his snowmobile with the help of his fiance with snack bars, gloves, um, scarves, hats for the little kids, um, blankets, and he rode into Buffalo, uh, worked with precincts A and C, and they had like a convoy of snowmobiles out looking for people that were stranded in their cars, um, stranded in their homes, you know, without heat. He did save quite a few people. I don't know the number exactly, but I am so proud of my son for, you know, making sure that his family was safe, but to take it above and beyond and to go out and help the neighbors and the people of Western New York. Well, that's absolutely a, a beautiful story, but uh, how many gray hairs did mom have uh, on her head after that? Um, quite a few, because he didn't get home until after midnight. I was a nervous wreck, wondering, okay, is Dean home yet? Is he safe? You know, I was worried for him, but he's a strong boy. Um, you know, he's 37 years old. He's got a good head on his shoulders, and, you know, working with the Buffalo PD, I knew he was in good hands. How did he get hooked up with the PD? Um, I think they met up, you know, like on their snowmobiles. I don't know how many of the Buffalo PD had their snowmobiles out, um, but he hooked up with them, and I don't know what precinct it was. It was either A or C. They went there after a while to, you know, get some water and to warm up, and then they went back out again. So... Well, so the the snowmobiles, I mean, just just so we're clear, the snowmobiles that were used at the height of the blizzard did save lives. And even though the visibility was tough, you were able, your son and the officers were able to get through and save people. Yes, yes, they were. 
Well, see, that's uh, good information to pass to the Erie County people because the Erie County people were saying, well, the snowmobiles aren't going to work because of visibility. But I keep hearing from people who say, wait a minute, I saved people on my snowmobile and I had very little visibility. Right, right. But, well, thank you very much, Kathy, uh, for the call, for letting us know what your son was up to. It's uh, much appreciated. Oh, you're welcome. And, you know, like I said, you know, I'm very, very proud of him. You know, for going above and beyond. As well you should be, Mom. Good job. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you very much. Uh, Your storm story. Now, we were all going to be telling stories about the blizzard of 22 for many, many years to come, okay? And I would like to know what your storm story is. Mine is actually pretty boring. I had a lengthy doctor's appointment planned at 9 a.m. on Friday. I woke up at 8 a.m., I looked out the window, and I said, I am not going to the doctor's office. I am going to get my daughter's Subaru, and I am going to work, and I'm going to pack because I don't think I'm going to be home all weekend long, and I just I just had a feeling. Uh, we've been talking to Andy Parker every single day, I, almost every single day last week, the opening hour of the show, and you know, to the point where people accused us of hyping the weather. Well, we didn't hype the weather. We said so at the time. We said we were simply giving forecasts based on probabilities, statistics, trends, and that's exactly what we did. Um, In our interview uh, with Jay Withy, Jay mentioned a lady, and the lady just happened to have sent me an email. Hi, Tom. My name is Dawn Floyd, and I'm one of the many that Jay Withy has helped. I was trying to reach you but unable to get through. I wanted you to know that he came down my street with that John Deere tractor and plowed me out and tried to fix my generator. He told me it just needed to thaw out. The magnets surrounding the engine were frozen. After three days of 34 degrees in my home, my body was starting to shut down and I needed a miracle, which I found in Jay. He wrapped his arms around me and held me as I thanked him. And while I cried, he told me not to worry and said God was with us. Later that evening, he called me to see if my generator started, for if it hadn't, he was coming back to my house with propane heaters. However, late Sunday night, it started. Jay Whitty saved my life. God sent him, for just before he showed up, I was on my knees praying for help. Actually, spell check or uh, predictive text says, I was on my knees partying for help. I'm pretty sure she meant praying. Um, And the computer predictive text did that. And that's from Dawn Floyd. And that's a great story. Thank you very much for sharing it, Dawn. Um, Jay is, uh, I'm starting to think that Jay might stand for Jesus. I'm just, I'm just saying, maybe, maybe it's not J-A-Y. Maybe it's just uh, the first, I mean, this guy, what, what can you say? about this guy, 27 years old, had all the mechanical know-how to do all of this stuff for people and the strength and the caring about others to do what he did. Just unbelievable. Let's go to uh, Todd in uh, Buffalo. Todd, you're on WBEN. Hello. Yeah, hi, Tom. Yes, sir. I want to thank you and the radio station for everything you did. Uh, We had lost power on Friday at around 3 o'clock, and it didn't turn on until... uh, Christmas Day, uh, mid, midday, late day. Oh. But anyway, uh, my story is this. Uh, we live in Lovejoy, and um, 
while we were out, my mother-in-law, who lives down the road, she's 86 years old. She lives about a mile away. She, um, we had been in communication with her. Her landline telephone, thank goodness, worked. I texted the other day and commented how grateful I was for the uh, stability and robustness of the cellular networks during this problem because they really seem to work well. Um, it's a great point. Her landline, her landline was, uh, was working, and then for a period of time, there was a busy signal. Um, so we headed out, me, my wife, and my daughter, and uh, to, to check on her. And uh, when we arrived on, on foot, we walked. So we, we arrived at her house, and she, she, was in, she was fine. She was a little cold, of course, had the burners on the stove on. But um, on the way back, we spotted some snowmobilers um, on, in, on Green Street in Lovejoy. And um, an earlier caller, Marina, um, from the Ted's Hot Dog family, she um, mentioned her nephew, and the the man that she mentioned was the man was the snowmobiler, yeah. and his son, Junior. Well, I, I, his nickname is Red. I don't even know his first name, um, but he's a big guy. He's a big football player sized guy, and his son is an 18 year old. He's a big corn fed kid, and um, he. Uh, so he, I remember had meeting him in a parking lot because I have a big white pickup truck, and he has a big white pickup truck. Or at least he did at the time. I think he still does. And we were just talking trucks in the parking lot in the summertime. And um, when he, when I asked him to help get my mother-in-law, he said um, he peeled, he lifts up the convertible chin guard of his helmet and he peels back his neoprene mask and he said, "I know you." And we, and he said, "You're the guy from the parking lot. We were talking trucks." Yeah. And uh, and he and he he said to his son, his young adult son, I think the kid's like 18 or 19. He said, um, uh, well, first he asked me, do you know how to operate a snowmobile? And I said, well, you know, I've driven one around my friend's backyard a decade or so ago. And, um, he's, and he said to his son, uh, here, give him your sled. He's got to get his mother-in-law. And, and uh, so he, they, him and his other friend, uh, Red and his other friend, took my wife and daughter back to our house. And then his son waited and... Um, while I went and got my mother-in-law, of course, me not being a, a, a proficient operator, I got the sled stuck. Not anything, you know, I just, I didn't give it enough gas going up a big snow mound and it kind of dug in. So I was delayed a little bit, but uh, it was um, just a really selfless thing to do. I got my 86-year-old mother-in-law on the front of a $8,000 snowmobile and I'm driving her down Bailey Avenue. And it was just an amazing um selfless gesture by a man who I only knew from truck talk in a parking lot <laughs> back in the summertime back that, in that's, the summertime how did you how did you uh rendezvous again so you could give the snowmobile back to him well here's the thing so I, I so I got stuck on my mother-in-law street and his son was very generous too I I want to I want to I give him all the credit also because I mean a young man doesn't want to give up his pride and joy sled to some stranger so anyway uh, so I was stuck on my mother-in-law street and finally red came around looking like because I was taking an inordinately long time because the thing is you know I mean they're heavy <laughs> it was stuck and they're heavy and um, so I, I eventually got it out, and um, it was uh, he. He came, and, and then so then he led. He was kind of like tip of the spear, uh, and said, "Listen, follow me. 
And we went and we pushed out a car on the corner of a street that was stuck so we could proceed out. And then we proceeded down Bailey Avenue and, and, uh, and there was, it was all single track basically at that point. There was, it was a path for cars, kind of like wagon ruts. And um, it was, um, it was a really, it, it, it was, it, it'll, it's an unforgettable Christmas. I mean, just the, the, to know that my mother-in-law, my 86-year-old mother-in-law, first time she'd ever been on a snowmobile, and that she was safe with us, um, and by some miracle, you know, by God's grace, our power came back on in the interim. So by the time I got home with my mother-in-law, the furnace was on, the lights were on, the house was in the process of warming up again, the fridges were back on, um, everything was uh, everything was right with the world after that. And I and I want to thank Red and his son. And, and his his friend that was with him, because without their without their you know selflessness, this it, you know who knows? I mean, my mother in law she's eighty six. You know, the older folks have difficulty regulating their body temperature and stuff like this. And and um, you know, I'm I'm just so I'm so grateful. I mean, I get I I'm, I'm fifty six years old. I get emotional just thinking about you know the kindness of this man who all we did was talk about trucks. You know, and I forgive him for liking Rams. Um, <laughs> he's a great guy. Oh, that's funny. Well, I hope our listener in Alcott is still listening. And and his son is a great kid too, and and their 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 friend William, and they were just just like you don't expect that. I mean, tossing a guy, you know, the keys to your you know your eight ten thousand dollars snowmobile and saying go get your mother in law. That's amazing, and, and, and the part that uh, the part that really boggles my mind is we didn't exchange phone numbers prior, right? So, because I was gone this extended period of time, I'm thinking maybe he's thinking that I dipped out with his sled, when in fact I was just stuck on the street. And thankfully, he he came back around and and uh, and everything worked out. But what a I I'm so glad. So if I'm following the genealogy properly, you your mother-in-law was saved by the uh, let's see, the great grandson and the great great grandson of the guy who founded Ted's Hot Dogs. I believe so either that or a great nephew, something along those lines. No, but it, it, if the if the saying. genealogy is correct that uh, our caller gave us, it would have been the great grandson and the great great grandson. So uh, outstanding. Yeah. Uh, Todd, yeah, thank- he was, uh, it's, a, it's the same last name, so yes. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. That's a great story. Thank you, Todd. So so we had a caller earlier from Alcott, and then we got a guy who says the people from that phone call were instrumental in saving his mother-in-law at 86 years old. I would love to see the video of the 86-year-old lady in the snowmobile and how she felt about that, but I'm not sure they took any. Coming up in the 6 o'clock hour... Um, One of the most remarkable people you will ever hear, Jay Witte. You'll hear the uh, interview uh, we did um, with uh, Mr. Witte coming up uh, in the 6 o'clock hour. They will replay the entire interview by popular demand. I was going to replay it at 5 o'clock, but I'm letting Buffalo's Evening News have it today. The complete interview will be replayed with the man who saved 24 people during the teeth of the storm. Here's Bob in Amherst. You're on WBEN. Bob, you've got a storm story. I certainly do, uh, Tom. Um, This actually probably marked the first time I was not able to uh, celebrate Christmas at home with my wife. And the reason why was that I, together with the rest of the day shift, 
Uh, you know, we came in, uh, you know, it was still raining, but it wasn't until like between eight and nine when, of course, when the weather started changing. And that's when uh, all hell would break loose. And uh, with the uh, storm, um, power went out for about an hour and a half at the main post office. And, uh, of course, that was blamed on a faulty transfer switch. We did get the power back on, but uh, you couldn't see anything outside. And uh, we were resigned to being sheltered in place for about three days and three nights at the main post office. And there was a concern about uh, how, what we were going to do about food. You know, we had the vending machines, uh, both for snacks and uh, soda. But the vendor who services those machines uh, did tell us uh, by phone that um, the freezers uh, had some uh, food that we could uh, partake. And that was like uh, uh, twin packs of hamburgers, twin packs of cheeseburgers, calzones, uh, rib sandwiches, uh, sausage wraps. So, um uh, they allowed us to uh, access to the freezers, and uh, so during the course of the weekend, uh, of course, uh, all that food was distributed among those who were uh, sheltered in place at the main post office. Wow. So what was it like uh, spending all that time with strangers? Uh, it was kind of like a, it was almost like a family affair. Uh, I read a Christmas story uh, Friday night. And uh, much to uh, much to the delight of the audience, and uh, some people did try to make an attempt to uh, uh, get out, only to uh, turn back uh, moments later because the visibility was just simply just down to zero. And of course, uh, the abandoned cars, of course, were piling up, and uh, you just couldn't see right in front of you. So I think it was just better to be on the safe side and uh, stay where we were. And I, for me, I didn't. Uh, get out of there until about uh, Monday morning when the uh, streets were uh, cleared enough to uh, make the journey back to the North Towns. Wow. Well, wh- what what did you sleep on, by the way, at the post office? Well, uh, they have, um, they, it might be, uh, could be tables, uh, could be benches, whether it be in the locker rooms or the uh, swing rooms. Um, they took the couch out from the uh, one of the swing rooms uh, several years ago, unfortunately. So uh, I had to make do with more uh, firmer um, pieces of furniture. Well, all right. I mean, some people in Williamsville slept on the mail sacks well, I, I on Sheridan Drive. I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah, well, I, I assure you, more comfortable than the, the accommodations here at the radio station. But I did learn that if you put newspaper underneath a blanket, it did soften the floor a little bit. So finally, the Buffalo News, good for something. Uh, oh, yes. Thank you kindly. I appreciate the call. You're welcome. Stuck at the Maine Post Office. So, um, oh, by the way, the Buffalo Dental Group is at Maine and Brompton. I've been saying Hampton. It's Brompton, and I'm sorry about that. Maine and Brompton. Sorry, I didn't get the memo, even though I drove there um, the day before the blizzard hit. But, uh, you know, I'm a little brain dead sometimes. So uh, sorry about that. Attention span, goldfish, me. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.